Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You rotten bugs! I detest you! You're all garbage! All of you! Back up the truck! Back it up! I can't watch this anymore. It's over. Turn the lights out. Let's get the bulldozers in here and turn this place into a parking lot. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is the Mizzou Equipment Ball Greaser, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And the coonskin cap groomer for Demaria Crockett, Brian Goers. Great to be here. Is it great to be here? We had a homecoming, and it was it was not not good. Yeah, this is the homecoming edition of the Mazodcast. Get, hold on to your hats. Oh, I know it's great to come back to the old your alma mater. coonskin hats. Yeah, your Demario Crockett coonskin hats. Yeah, so I guess this is it, guys. It's the Dark Ages. Return to the 1980s and 90s of, uh, of Mizzou football. The good news is, based on a uh, survey that Brennan put up on Twitter, if we gave the fans a chance to vote, would you like us to get into some in-depth analysis on this show, or would you like to listen to elephant diarrhea noises? That's right. We did that, and a lot of people weighed in on which would be more yeah, lots of votes enjoyable to listen to uh, after this horrible, horrible game. And I think, Colin, to no one's surprise, the the winner of that contest came in as diarrhea noises. So, I mean, I guess that's it. We got to give the people. I mean, I, I'd rather, I'd really like to talk about this game. I can't believe I came over here to record a podcast where we're just going to play diarrhea noises. Yeah, he drove time. a long way just but, for that. But the people said we got to do it. I mean, this is what they, they wanted. I mean, it. we do this to entertain folks. So, uh, after, you know, a, a, lot, in a scientific survey, this is, this is what y'all get. That's a solid one. Not really solid, but I was going to say, right. what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I think we got another one coming. Sounds like, did oh. you just did you record this earlier? Is that what this is? This is actually the locker room at the Mizzou game. Oh. That's root beer through a super soaker right there, boys. <laughs> oh, that's definitely crossed on that. Yeah, that's okay. that's pure hot dog water. That's yeah, that's after there. that 65-yard quarterback run that comes right through <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, I think it's about to wrap it up. That's a rough day. That's a rough Saturday for anybody. Yeah, only um, 58 more minutes of that to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be honest, that was more entertaining than the football game I watched Saturday. Yeah. Good God Almighty. So Take Middle us through Tennessee, it. To Brilliant. Middle Tennessee State out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is a place that exists. <laughs> um, fun fact, I, uh, my wife told me that it's the largest school in the state of Tennessee, actually. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big commuter school, but... Wow. As you can see, I'm stalling. They beat the Tigers 51 to 45. Isn't that right, Brian? Unfortunately, I will back that that up. Like I said before, I mean, I think there's no positives to take away from this at this point. We're two and five. We just got beat by a Conference USA quote unquote cupcake and the first of four games that we had to win and were what people kept calling winnable. And the fact is, we are no-talent, horrible, horrible team. The worst team in my adult life for the Missouri Tiger football Pro- program. That is a bold statement. But, but no, I mean, 
Yeah. I, I came of age as a, as a strong young man so in the late wee 90s. Laddie. And, and there were some <laughs> bad years, but, uh, you know, there were a lot of five and sevens and a couple four and eights. Yeah. But, I mean, if we get to four and eight, <laughs> I'll be shocked. Well, let's, I mean, you can literally, I mean, the Mizzou stepped on their own dick so many times in this game. It was unreal. But I'd say the, you know, the theme of this game is the complete and total disappearance of our, our defense. And it's, yeah, it has yeah. become undeniable. I just, I can't, at some point, we are we going to continue to blame the, the kids not buying in? Or are we going to say this scheme is just hot, hot garbage? Hot, hot garbage. Because at some point you go, okay, maybe the kids aren't buying in the way you'd like, but talented football players are mm-hmm. not making plays. Right. The you know, same guys who did make plays. Yeah, so season. you can't say, well, I don't know. The other thing is, is Josh Augusta and Terry Beckner Jr. don't necessarily start. Cheryl's, who's always been a pretty good defender, doesn't get to play. No. I don't know if these kids are the ones in the locker room who are pushing back against this defensive scheme, and maybe that's costing the them playing that are time. Not buying into the new system. Yeah, as but we're I mean, so much of what's happening on defense makes no sense. They had a three-down lineman for the rush at one point, and just were leaving huge gaps for the running running game. I just nothing seems to make sense. It is in, as inexplicable as Josh Henson's game plans. <laughs> And we might as well just start applying that drop to uh, DeMonte Cross. The football is brown! Whatever, I don't know what he's done, but mm-hmm. it is a disaster. Yeah, and I mean, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, that you know, the new scheme, we tried it, we tried it, we tried it, and after the LSU game, it, the grade is a resounding F. And at this point, after letting a Middle Tennessee game, uh, team score 51 at home, on homecoming, this is beyond irreparable this is like you have to fucking throw away the entire defensive playbook and start over this is this is a fucking disaster i mean this is kansas jayhawk level shit football people calling for demonte cross's job and i mean i'm as hot-headed as any fan but mm-hmm. and i would typically say it's a little early to be calling for coach's job no no you can call for his job it's Whoa. it's inexplicable it's not like we had a right. mediocre defense that became bad we had a very very good defense that has not just bad it's just awful i mean you just watched a middling small-time school rack up 50 plus points on us oh overnight overnight we became shit and i think if you get a new coach in and Oh, in the next season, they became very good. Sometimes you just have to say, well, how much of that is great coaching? How much of that is the last coach's players? I think in this instance, you have to say that we had a really good defense and he goes and it goes to shit. And you can say, oh, we lost some players, but we didn't lose enough to, we have to assign this to, to cross. We have to assign it to well, this terrible uh, cross scheme. So and I even if it's the team not buying in, you assign that to coaching too. Okay. That's part of the coaching problem too. It's not just the scheme being bad. It's that you get your fucking players to buy into it because if you don't, that's on you as a coach. Your whole job is to motivate. Yeah, so that that's, I think, where I agree with you. So I've been hesitant to just completely blame new scheme and say like, oh, well, it's just that and it's just the coach. And if we got rid of the coaches and went back to some type of a different different scheme, we would be good again. I, I don't actually think we would. I, I don't think we would be at last year's level because of attrition. honestly who our middle middle yeah. linebacker just was. Attrition. I, like, I mean, that's the point, Brad. I don't think anybody going into this season expected yeah. them to be quite as good as they were last year on defense. Yeah, but Correct. nobody expected them to have this sort of drop off because we, you know, you did. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Lose control brothers, but there wasn't that big of attrition on defense that it just would make up for this huge gap. Completely Is Nate open. Howard still injured? 
That guy hasn't seen the field. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming his knee has exploded and he's just not healthy because he doesn't see the field anymore. Like I said, Logan Mankins and Hatley are the only two that play in the middle of the most of the time. Beckner Jr. and Augusta come in you know, as second stringers. Cheryl's doesn't play. Well, Colin, I think it ties in. We talked a couple of weeks back about how fans always jump the gun and they always are very quick to call for people's heads. And it's only it takes weeks for the coaches or even the media to sort of get on board with a, a problem that keeps perpetuating perpetuating itself. itself. And but we're here at this point where the problem has repeated itself all season long. Yeah. And it's not just the fans being reactionary. This is a real problem and needs real solutions. And the fans are, once again, in my opinion, correct. And, you know, no more of this Michael Shear shit that things are, we're pulling chess pieces that you can't understand in the background. Because guess what, motherfuckers? It's been three weeks since that LSU game, and we just gave up 51 fucking points at home to Middle Tennessee State. Nobody's fixing shit, and don't call the fans stupid. The fans are right. The fans pay the bills. The fans are the ones who are not showing up to these games because they're unwatchable. Then another game where we um, are giving up nearly eight yards a carry. Eight yeah. yards a carry. Mm-hmm. If you're giving up five yards a carry right now, you'd be within your rights to bang your fist on the table and say, five yards a carry, that's ridiculous. We're giving up an additional three yards on top of that. It's not just mediocre. It's not just bad. It's atrocious. I mean, it's it's just, it's other world. It's so bad, I could have never imagined it. It's as bad as our offense was last year. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, the statistic that I would really love to hear from these last couple of games is how many yards after contact our opposing team has on this. Because, because of blown tackles. Because this is where the part that... Blown tackles, our line doesn't even touch the Well, but back. this is where I go back and forth on, okay, so there's definitely some scheme issues that have absolutely come up and are an issue. But there's one point, and I don't remember if it was the second quarter or third quarter of last night's game, where the ball's thrown over the middle, and there's three defensive backs circling, I mean, in front of this this Middle Tennessee player who runs right through the middle of the three. And I just looked at that play, and they showed the replay that the announcers picked up on that. And that that right there summed up the defense for me. It's it's you can you can blame the coaches for the scheme, for the upfront, for the lack of pressure. Yep, that's all scheme stuff. But when there's three of you and a guy who all he has is one hand to try to push off you and and run past you and you can't tackle him, that's 100% on the players of the defense. So that's where I I just think it's an all-around disaster on defense. It's... It may have started with the scheme, but then if, if that's what that is, then this is a virus that has just taken hold of the defense because there are there are basic fundamental issues in terms of tackling, breaking down and tackling that our defense can't do. Well, that's way too level-headed of an answer for me to accept, Brian. I, I want to blame Demonte Cross. Listen, the, the players are not playing well, but again, I think Brendan alluded to it. That goes to coaching as well. I mean, they're just doing things they didn't do last year, breaking down and tackling for one thing. I, I think this locker room is a disjointed mess right now. I think that uh, Barry Odom does not necessarily command the respect of his players, or maybe uh, to a lesser extent, they may respect Barry Odom, but they do not respect DeMonte Cross. And in truth, DeMonte Cross hasn't done anything to earn respect at this point. All he's done is change their scheme and make their defense miserable. And I I have a hard time believing that a full-time buy-in by these players would make a big difference. I mean, certainly a buy-in makes a difference, but it's, I just don't think that maybe the drop isn't quite this significant, but there are certainly going to be a drop-off if for no other reason than these kids have never played it before, and they were, they were recruited to play a different screen, scheme altogether, a scheme that was working. I mean, it's not just the fans and us bellyaching anymore about why do they change the scheme. On Twitter, journalists with little blue check marks next to their names belying the fact that they have thousands upon thousands of followers and have legitimate jobs within journalism are asking the same questions. Why did they do this? Why did they change this? And the answer is who knows? And then you get down to individual performances. You know, Crockett played phenomenally. Even Ish Witter honestly played pretty well. And, but I, I like the fact that Crockett was a much bigger part of the, the offense. And I obviously you see what happens when you start you know, infusing a little talent into the offense. But Jamon Moore, again, big play, who fucking immediately fumbles. It's yeah. The guy can't get out of his own way. At this point, it's like somebody put a hex on him. It's ridiculous. I'm so sick of Jamon Moore getting to play this much. I'm, I'm for benching him until he gets his head out of his ass. That's one thing. We've talked a lot about the defense. But the really, I think, 
despite the defense playing super poorly, mistakes are what killed this team on Saturday. I mean, we could have overcome bad defense alone. Penalties, bad snaps, fumbles. Four penalties, I think, for Pendleton on the offensive Mm -hmm. line and Mm -hmm. one that he almost got away – or he got away with Mm -hmm. one. But, yeah, the J. Four false starts. Right. Not even four penalties, four false False starts. starts. And the the J. Moore, fumble by J. Moore, I think we don't even realize how consequential that was because that was a great pitch and catch 40-yard pass. He got greedy. And he got careless with the football, and it completely which flipped we've the seen field, before. which we've seen before. He lost the Georgia game that way. I mean, the game was it was not all on him, but I mean, it certainly he contributed. And then they come down the field and score on that possession. So we take seven points off of us and give it to them, and then get into the the penalty where Fatoni pinned the Middle Tennessee team to inside behind the, the inside the ten. That kick has to be replayed because of a fucking false start, I believe. Yep, and. Then we get a bad snap. Or illegal procedure, but yeah. Yeah, so then we get a bad snap. They get the ball inside their own 10. Another time where we completely flip the field and give them seven points. That you can't pin on the defense, you know? No. But, yeah. and, and, and I'm not making excuses for the defense. They were fucking atrocious. But we put 45 points up on that team, and we didn't win. And it was the mistakes as much as the fucking shitty defense at, that damned us in that game. You have to use so many cuss words. Well, I mean, if you want to fire up the rumor mill, the, basically it is that since week two against Eastern Michigan, there has been dissension in the ranks in the locker room and has not improved. And uh, the only thing that improves, I think what improved the situation is uh, marked improvement in play, you know, wins. You know, wins quiet everything. Wins solve everything. But, you know, the, the rumor is, is that the locker room is very much divided on this defense and these coaches. I think we've seen things in public with the with Barry Odom making the offense and defense hold hands essentially in the locker room yeah. halftime and LSU. Yeah. Things that, if we're seeing things at all publicly, you know things are in complete disarray behind closed doors. Yeah. Well, and, it, you know, if you looked at this game, if we put up 45, you'd think that that's good. But I think we also saw the issue with the Missouri offense is that there's no – clutchness let's call it that on on our offense mm-hmm. right i and mean we saw that in our final drive exactly and and we that was the same thing against georgia that you got the feeling at least in the georgia game like all right here we go you know locks got the ball we're gonna march down the field oh just kidding mistake fumble lost you know and then on this one i don't know about you guys but when we got the ball back and there was what two minutes left a minute something left I didn't think we were going to win. I didn't think no, we were going to come especially after I saw I three just, straight plays to our tight end. When we, well, that, none even, of which were completed. Even before that. Even we, before that. I when just, there was five minutes zero, left. Zero confidence. When there was five minutes left and our drive stalled and we punted, I thought, I don't think we should punt. I think we should go for it in midfield because we cannot stop them. And we we have to score to stay in this game. Well, and a couple things. A sentiment I see on Twitter is like, why do we have to get rid, rid of Coach Cool? Why did Barry Odom get rid of Coach Cool? So you can blame Barry Odom for hiring Demonte Cross, and I certainly do because he is hot fucking garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Coach Cool was not going to play for Barry, or not going to coach for Barry Odom. He had had heartburn, butt hurt, whatever you want to call it, yeah. when he got passed over for the job from Barry Odom. And as soon as Barry Odom became the head coach, Coach Cool was not going to be part of the equation, unfortunately. Which was not Barry Odom's fault. No, it's no, not. So you that can't. So that's why I'm bringing it up because people are like, "Why did Barry Odom get rid of Coach Cool?" Like, listen, Barry Odom did not get rid of Coach Cool. There were, those two were not going to work in the same environment. Because of Cool's, you know, butt hurt, but uh, he did bring in Demonte Cross, and it has been a disastrous decision. Well, and the craziest part is he's the former defensive coordinator, and so you're like, wait, wait, the defense is the struggle part. Yeah, you exactly. hired a defensive-minded coach. You had this really for your team. You had this really terrible offense, and you hire a defensive what? coach, and you think, well, at least the defense will stay on the tracks. Who knows if you can get this offense righted? Right. But it's been completely opposite. The offense, while not good, has made improvements, and the defense has just fallen apart like a two-dollar pocket watch in a fucking hammer mill. Should Odom take over the defense? I don't know if it would help us if they're going to play this scheme. If the kids aren't going to buy in and the scheme is going to be this well, but if, let, I'd like to see something let's extreme say the scheme, happen like that. Let's I'd, say the scheme is Cross's thing. Should Odom step in and basically say, all right, we're going to we're If they'll do something it. different, they can step in anybody, whether I mean, it be Odom or anybody else. You're not going to throw it completely out midseason, but step in and say, all right, we're going to— Make the special needs ball boy the fucking defensive coordinator at this point. It can't get any worse. Well, and I think we're hitting on an issue where we're midseason. So change right now is so hard, and it's going to suck. And fans and I think players are going to ask for it and are going to be begging for it. But what are you going to do? You you spent the entire year installing this defense, installing this offense, 
and you're going to try to dismantle it in a well, the, week. The question no. is, Brian, so, what is the downside? I, what, are, what, is, what are the consequences to making some sort of big change like that? Because at this point, we're giving up eight yards per carry. You know, middle, middling teams from small but, conferences are scoring 50 points against this. Sure. But I'm, mean, not, I'm not saying don't make changes, but in terms of going, getting in the, we keep saying scheme. So get throwing out the scheme, installing new. Well, but I don't think happen. you have to do that. I think you could do major changes that don't involve, you know, rocket science and, and right. months of practice. I mean, we, the no, whole I, thing is predicated on like covering two gaps versus covering one gap. Right. I think you can coach those things up in a week, and they may not be perfect the first game, but fuck, nothing's perfect now. Nothing's good, even. Well, and and I think easy changes are. Colin, you brought this up. We're sitting in a three-four, and they're running all over us. Okay, let's not do that again. <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's only sit in a three-four in unbelievably obvious passing situations. And it's almost like on the offensive side, right? Little things that you can do to that if you're just going to start making changes. I think Brendan, you were the one that that tweeted last night about from the Mazadcast that the play action pass in an obvious passing situation, mm-hmm. like wow, shocker that that didn't work. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I laughed at that too. The first I saw that lock, like the the running back didn't even like wait. He was like, no, I'm just gonna go block my guy. Nobody <laughs> like, thought we were running the ball. It was like second and nine, and we needed 50 yards to make up. And, and yeah, and so we faked the handoff. And I thought, oh, who calls play action? You know? But but as as all these negatives, let's talk about a positive. We have a running back. We do. Oh, we do. We yeah. do. I guess we can talk about that. And like I said, if Ish Witter had a bad game, I'd be also be saying, if Alex Ross is healthy enough to return kicks, why isn't he playing running back? I mean, we started the season with him as basically the or starter with Ish Witter. And since he's got injured and came back, he has not run the ball. And it's been Witter and Crockett. And Crockett has been great. And like I said, Ish has been decent. You know what I mean? The last couple of games, he's, he's obviously not the talent Crockett is, but he's been serviceable, you know, which is... Hey, put up 120 yards. Yeah, I mean, he was good last night. Well, I mean, on 19 carries. But we were running the the thought in my head is, is like, if he gets 120 yards, ish Witter, that is, what does Ross do? Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, you could see last night. I mean, both running backs were running well. Like we we had a good running game last night. It was clear their offensive line was their weakest component up against us. Mm -hmm. But every time that Crockett got hit, he dug in for at least another two yards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every time he went, got hit even though he was getting hit eight yards deep this time instead yeah. of at the you know one yard in he'd fall i yeah. mean he just can't drag guys like well, crockett can and, crockett's a beast and he got knocked out like i know that the coaching staff probably is never going to say that but he was unconscious on the field but i'm shocked I he was, was shocked, allowed yeah. back out as quickly as he was like mm-hmm. that that right there the whole brain injury concussion stuff like summed up perfectly in that moment. Well, and, and again, you, you've you got Alex Ross riding the pine, and theoretically you've got Strong back there too. You don't have to take a guy who's just been fucking concussed and throw him back in the game. You do have other options. Well, yeah. And then we have our best offensive weapon in Augusta, who we could always put him in at any time. Sure, Let, let's yeah. be honest. Probably should be in more often. Let's <laughs> yeah, just make say, him a permanent why, Augusta for Why even just stick him on short yardage? Right, I, say, I right. say those third and long, run him. <laughs> Run him up the gut. Just have one of the the offensive linemen stand behind him and push him. Mm-hmm. You know he's he not puts, going down. <laughs> puts a new meaning to up the gut. That's right. Yeah. I, I love too that that he's listed at like what is two fifty or three fifty I think or something like that. I mean mm-hmm. now just saying you look at him and they're like that. There's no. No, no, he's a lumbering land beast. <laughs> he is something to behold. He's a thing of beauty. Yeah. All right, guys. I think we should take our first break because, I, I mean, I'm almost out of anger because it's just beyond anger. It's This is, like I said, you have to resign yourself to the fact that my big fear is that we're going to have another decade of this, that we can't pull out of it. We can't steer into the skid and get out of this horrible fucking mess. we got to fix yeah, this we haven't shit. Even, we haven't even really talked about the game, and it's, you know, in specifics and nuts scratch and the surface. Yeah. And the thing we haven't really talked about is we just don't have talent. This team is not talented. And that's what it boils down to. I mean, the coaching, the penalties, the mistakes, the undisciplined play, that's on the coaches. But the fact is, when we play the LSUs and Florida doesn't get beat that badly, we're just not talented. And until we recruit better and then until our coaches fucking get these guys in shape better, we don't stand a chance. We're just, we're. We're fucking a terrible team right now, and, and there's no you can't sugarcoat it. There's no way to gloss over it. We're t- we're a terrible team right now. Thank you for that sunny uh, disposition Outlook. as we're yep. gonna go into the break. So I think that's that's perfect. This is the Mazadcast. 
stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. They stink worse than Josh Augusta's jockstrap. The Mazad Cast. Well, we're back, and uh, we've got a special guest here on the show. Uh, punter Corey Fatoni has joined us graciously after the terrible, terrible performance we saw of the Tigers this weekend. Thanks for being on the show, Corey. Hey, well, fellas, thanks for having me. No problem. Are you doing your little show, breaking balls, no doubt? Uh, well, I don't even say that. I think we're being fair in our analysis. Uh, you know, the Tigers didn't play well. No, they did not. And I am a Tiger. And, uh, hell, even I had a mistake. Well, let's be honest. I, uh, I didn't have a mistake. But uh, I was party to a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that was a big point in the game. You had a great punt, pinned the Middle Tennessee team within their own 10, and then we had to get that play called back, and then bad snap. And, uh, yeah, you had to scramble to lay on it, and, and Middle Tennessee got it back for an easy score. What were your thoughts about that game, how things went, and uh, what we could do better? Well, I'm going to tell you what, on that play in particular, it'd be a real shame, a real shame, if that referee just come up missing. You know what I mean? He just disappeared. <laughs> Nobody knows where he goes, you know? He just, he's not there no more. Corey, I'm, not saying, you... I'm not saying anything bad's going to happen to the guy. I'm just saying that would be a real shame Corey, for what, his friends and his family. What are you implying? Is that something that you... you There's no implications. I'm just saying it would be a real shame. Are you saying that you know people who might do something like that? Because I don't know that I can advocate. Forget about it. What are you talking about? No, I just brought it up. Please, pepper me a question. I'm, I'm just... That, yeah. that is my question. Why Why would you bring up such a thing? That's really not sportsmanlike. To, listen, well, it's, listen. That's not legal. Hey, all I said was it would be a real shame if the guy, you know, didn't show come home again ever. You know, that's <laughs> are you arguing that it would not be a shame? God. It would be a shame. His friends and family, it would be inconsolable, I'm sure. It would absolutely would be a shame. <laughs> yeah, he's like right it. about that. Yeah, I don't even think anybody should talk about it. We don't want to talk about that kind of thing. That's, that's all right, be, let's move on. <laughs> hey, you're talking about it. I'm not saying nothing. I'm, I'm ready to move on. You want to know? You, you want to talk about it? You talk about it. It's your show, you know? You know uh, we did, I didn't talk about anything. I would never do that. Well, I don't think any of us would ever do that, Corey. Listen, I said move on, so let's move on. It would be a shame if you went missing. <laughs> <laughs> Corey. I think Corey's a little fired up after last night. You sound a little emotional, Corey. How are you feeling after this game? I'm upset. You know, we're, we play like shit. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, listen, I have lobbied very hard to stop playing on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe give these boys a little pep in the step, you know? But mm-hmm. uh, to this point, they just want me to punt, so that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, you only had four punts last night. That's kind of a low night for you. Yeah, especially after the last couple of weeks. I've been busy. I mean, literally. I mean, I limped around the last couple of weeks after the game. My leg was so tired. I mean, I didn't think you could wear me out, but uh, apparently you can. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Maria Joseph. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about that. We had those two rough road games, and it was particularly rough on your good friend Drew. He did not play well at Florida or at LSU. Yeah, poor Drew. He's really taking it out, too, you know, and uh, it's – it works against them. I mean, I mean, listen, the other day, me and Drew were, were walking to Chipotle, mm-hmm. you know, down there on campus. And uh, I bet, Britton, I'm going to tell you that I think, I bet there were less than four or five girls throw their panties directly at Drew's face. Less than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gotten bad. <laughs> What's average? Well, I mean, you know, good week, you know, you, you know, low less than 25 girls, you know. <laughs> Throw their undergarments in Drew's general direction, you know. Uh-huh. He doesn't understand what's going on, but I certainly do. In fact, I've got quite a collection. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Chipotle guy, not Moe's? Well, you know, I, I don't eat when we go there. You know, I I pretty much uh, stick to the Italian restaurants. But, uh, <laughs> you know, go with Corey. I, you know, Corey goes where Drew goes. Let's just put it that way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah, so goes Corey, so goes Drew, so goes the team this year. And, unfortunately, you're 2-5 and five and. Frankly, I don't know. I don't know if we can win again. Looking at what we're seeing on the field Saturday, it, it's a business. Yeah, don't be such a pessimist. You know, we got, we got some wins out there. Sure, you know, we, we got things figured out. Listen, they, there's some you know rumblings in the locker room. Everybody's a little bit hot, you know. But uh, 
listen, I think some guys are going to buy in. You know, DeMonte Cross challenged several players to arm wrestling matches mm-hmm. for their commitment to the defense, and uh, he won several of those arm wrestling matches, I might add. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that uh, there's a bit of more of a buy-in for the defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Coach Odom, he's uh, – I feel bad for that guy. He's, you know, he's in his – in his uh, office most days, just uh, pouring over play sheets, you know, pounding stag beer. I mean, just the guy is working hard, you know. You know, he, he takes periodic breaks to, you know, work on some t- tornado-killing gun design that he's really adamant about. But other than that, you know, he's all football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I, I think one could argue it's too much tornado focus, not enough defense focus this season. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. If Let's put yourself in Coach Adam's shoes. You're the head coach of this football team. What's the first thing you got to do to turn this thing around? Well, you know, I uh, I make a phone call to some friends and uh, maybe a certain defensive coordinator. You know, he doesn't find his way to the game. All right, uh, we're know, back at this. On, on, on game day, you know, Corey, back at this. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of talk. Well, there's a I lot of implications find his about. Way. You know, I didn't say yeah. anything that he would might not find his way. That is all I said. It's not incriminating. Implications, Corey. Implications are just as bad as saying it straight out. Let's be honest. Corey, are you doing? I don't. I don't believe that. I'm a Trump voter. <laughs> Corey, are you are you doing anything to to you know motivate or inspire the defense to try to help them out? No, uh, you know those guys. Uh, as far as a punter goes, you know those guys. They're not terribly receptive to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. As a team leader, though, I mean, my God, right. you got to be one of the best players on the team. I mean, you were a Heisman <laughs> well, candidate sure. at one point, I that's think. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do you think the, uh, the the muffed punt attempt has ruined your Heisman chances? Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, I would be very disappointed. I feel like uh, at this point uh, i got to be in the top ten for the Heismans, you know. Mm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's one bad play in a season full of – majestic punts so i mean i don't know if, if, that, if they're gonna be that short-sighted then i guess that's on them you know they're lost well it's a little tough for a punter to win the heisman i think you kind of need a flawless uh record to to make it to new york hey you know what brian why don't you stop talking for a while <laughs> <laughs> i don't think any of the fans could argue with that assessment Corey, you've said a lot of questionable things but i think that one makes a lot of sense Oof. well i appreciate that well tell me a little bit about you've had three bad games in a row not you the team but uh what do you about to say yeah <laughs> what do you do what do you do to get your spirits up on a sunday after a bad football game well you know i think everybody needs, needs to take some time have a little wine and uh you know have some introspection are mm-hmm. we doing everything we can you know because if you're giving 110 percent out there you know you you, you lose you, you feel fine about it and, you know i don't think fine about it but you know what i mean you got you leave it all out there there's no regrets but if you didn't put it all out on the line then when you lose these games, you're going to be full of regret. So I feel like these guys just got to make a level of commitment to the football team and the program that maybe is lacking right now. But you know, maybe I'll put a bug in some ears, you know, try to help them. What do you think about Kentucky? you got Kentucky coming up, and, you know, they, they're not a great team, but I don't think we are in a position where we can overlook anybody, certainly. What do you thought, think about the Kentucky Wildcats? Well, I don't know. You know, I uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it's not about Kentucky. It's about Missouri. You know, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix it? You know, if we play our game, I don't see there's any reason we can't beat, you know, fucking Kentucky. But, you know, then again, we just got beat by Middle Tennessee. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What about Vanderbilt? I don't know. Those bookworms. We'll see. I mean, they look like they got a pretty stout defense. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, what do you want from me, guys? We look like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to be difficult. Yeah, But we hope we're going to get down to it. Like Coach Odom says, you know, we're just going to get back to work and uh, do what we got to do. All right, Corey. Well, thanks for joining us again this week, especially after a really difficult loss. And uh, I just want to, I guess, drive home the point that uh, just keep your nose clean. Don't don't get yourself into tr- any trouble. Stay away from officials, people that cross you. I I would just. Be- I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You know what I mean? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved. I don't know what you're saying. You know. You, you said you got friends who can do things. Listen, I don't know what those friends if are. Listen, is, is not involved in anything. At all. Not involved. Mm-hmm. And if he was, no one would ever know. Mm-hmm. Ever. Why do you got to say that? Why do you got to say the if, 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 if? Let's just leave it at what that. What are you talking about? I'm just telling you that I'm not involved. I just started the sentence. I said I'm not involved. In- You're being very argumentative today. Yeah. I just said I'm not involved in anything. And I just happened to mention that if Corey Fatoni does anything that against the rules, which he would not, but no one would ever find out. This is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Corey. We're going to let you get back to the practice field, get back to studying. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, all right. Well, you have a good one. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. See you, boys. All right. M-I-Z. D-O-U.
Well, there you have it, guys. Corey Fatoni joined us again. Corey seemed a bit cantankerous to me. Yeah. I don't, Who can I, blame him, though, the way the team's playing? I don't know. He took, he took that conversation in a direction I was not comfortable with. Yeah, it's uh, Corey's Corey. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I just, I'm glad that he calls in. It's really nice of him to do that. It's, uh, you know, it's the only way we can really get an inside look at that locker room and know it's what's true. going on. In he, the, he has given us some insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, insight you're not going to get anywhere else, let's be honest. That's true. Why don't we look ahead, fellas? we got uh, some important news to take in, and uh, as always, we've got to do our job even when the Tigers don't do theirs. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Here's our first story of the day. Former church pastor arrested in choking a four-month-old at Walmart in Overland Park. Another Kansas Walmart story. Yeah, yeah it seems to be a theme in the last couple of weeks. A former pastor of Does a it ch- say whether the four-year-old had it coming, Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> a former pastor uh, was tackled by bystanders after he allegedly tried to choke a woman's baby Wednesday morning inside an Overland Park, Kansas Walmart. Police said the baby was not injured. The incident was reported about 7.30 a.m. Wednesday inside the store. A woman was standing in a checkout line with her four-month-old baby when a man she didn't know walked up and started to choke the child. Other people nearby intervened and subdued the man until police arrived and arrested him. Police said the man appeared to be under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. Mm. He's being held without bond pending a filing of charges. The current pastor said the man arrested in Overland Park left his position as pastor about 10 months ago. Hmm. He's going through a you know, dark time in his life right now. I guess the old saying is it's easier than taking candy from a baby. Maybe mm-hmm. we'd change that in Kansas. It's easier than choking a baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was trying to get candy out of the baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe he, he was, was taking that a little bit more literal. Than... I don't know it's that easy to choke a baby because it said it was uninjured. You know, How yeah. hard can it be to choke out a baby? I don't know. He didn't get the job done, though. Mm-hmm. All right, next story. Kansas House leader calls Hitler's words profound in a Facebook post. Of course. Of course. A Kansas House leader said Thursday that her intent was to criticize Planned Parenthood when she called Adolf Hitler's words profound in a recent Facebook post. Great quote from Hitler in this video. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Speaker pro tem Peggy Mast, a Republican from Emporia, Kansas, uh, stated on her Facebook page Thursday morning, please listen to it closely. His words are profound. Let's start using some discernment. She could take her own advice, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, she is not seeking re-election and did not... Did <laughs> not probably a good thing. ...did not return phone thing. calls. She did, however, take to social media to clarify her position. Mm. In another, that's not pro-Hitler? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a divisive topic. <laughs> I wonder, could we get Trump and Clinton voters together to agree that Hitler is bad? I wonder if we could even do that. Uh, Anyway, yeah, she is not pro-Hitler is the point yeah. she tried to make. She's taking some criticism. There's nothing profound, and there's no room in American politics for the words of Adolf Hitler, said Rabbi Moti Rabir, executive director of Kansas's Interfaith Action, a group which campaigns against racism and violence. In one of her posts, Mass wrote, to clarify the intent of my previous post, Planned Parenthood has learned, well, the same tactics and deception used by Hitler regarding innocent lives. Well, I, I think she kind of went, went the wrong direction with well, that. Well, it's Kansas' own fault for electing a state official who literally has a swastika tattooed on their forehead. Usually that's a tell mm-hmm. for most states. <laughs> oh, they're so smart there. Next story is chemical spill in Kansas sickens dozens. Atchison, Kansas, dozens of people were treated for respiratory problems after a chemical spill at a MGP ingredients facility on Friday generated a chemical cloud over the northeastern Kansas city of Atchison before authorities declared a threat over. Authorities evacuated children from local schools, urged residents to remain in their homes, and advised people not to enter the city of about 11,000 people located 50 miles northwest of Kansas City, Kansas. They later said the cloud had dissipated and the danger had passed. At least for humans. <laughs> Two chemicals involved in the spill were identified to city officials as sulfuric acid and sodium hydrochloride. MGP Ingredients makes bourbon and rye whiskeys, gins, and vodkas, according to the website. Do not drink those. No. <laughs> I don't know why Jeez. you need sulfuric acid in your whiskey. You know, the most shocking part of that is that they like acknowledge there's a cloud and evacuated people. Mm-hmm. I would just think that they'd be like, oh, the sky looks pretty tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It smells great, too. Yeah. When the sky's a beautiful shade of green, you go out and take a look. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, maybe the Kansans are such alcoholics that regular whiskey and rye doesn't do the trick anymore. They <laughs> got to add sulfuric acid just to get that buzz they require yeah. to live in Kansas. It's a gateway. <laughs> yeah, it's a gateway uh, drug. 34 people were treated for respiratory discomfort after the spill, and although the injuries were minor, city manager told reporters the effects of the chemical cloud were as such as mustard gas or a chemical weapon. I honestly couldn't tell if it was fog or a chemical cloud, said Megan Laughlin, age 24, who shot a video of the cloud at her parents' house. I couldn't see two feet in front of me. Maybe go inside. Quit videotaping. Well, you yeah. know, it, it's they're so used to t- green tornadoes. Let's go out and look for the tornado. That God, maybe you, and the respiratory problems, I mean, you know, 98% of Kansas residents smoke, and the other was, you know, and everybody does methamphetamines. It takes quite a... Quite a pungent cloud to kind of irritate their respiratory system. Oh, yeah. You'd think they'd be hardened by mm-hmm. years of yeah. tobacco abuse and methamphetamines. And the average Kansas lung is well calloused. Yeah. So, okay, our next story of the day, our final one. Well, Kansas continues to play football despite Brendan really trying to, to put an end to that program. Despite his objections. And uh, they took on Oklahoma State in a game that they probably should have just not played. But it's Kansas, and they keep chugging along. And they were defeated, unfortunately, by the Cowboys, forty-four to twenty. What's the What's the record of this Kansas team right now? They are two and six. I watched. Okay. Them. Or, I'm sorry, they're one and six. One I watched six. a small portion of this game. Five. And the only takeaway I brought from it was that Mike Gundy's haircut is the envy of lesbians everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and it's has terrific. been for some time. Yeah. Well, this is kind of one of those moments where, you know, I, I saw some tweets last night about the Mizzou game calling us Kansas, the, you know, the Kansas ASUC. And I just want to remind everybody that we're not as bad as Kansas. We have two wins, by the way. Yeah. That's twice. Double. Exactly. Double what Kansas has pulled you off. You know, Kansas remember, has not been wanting to play us. Maybe this is a good time to re Yeah. And remember, in Kansas's only victory... They stormed the field. Yep. <laughs> Although at this point, if we won another game, I might be tempted to get out on the field. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we've won two games without storming the field. Uh-huh. If they fired Both Monte Cross, I will storm the field. Yeah, That's what will make me happy. Uh, a big yeah. fat kiss to Barry Odom. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll do it for Kansas News this week. As always, makes me feel good. So what we got left on the show today, we're going to take a hit from the old Mazodcast mailbag and see what other folks have had to say about this game. And then we're going to look around the rest of the SEC with Around the Horn. So stay tuned. This is the Mazodcast. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com and the party is on. Gary Pinkle and Tara Reed had a retarded baby. Its name? The Mazad Cast. We're back and it's time to open up the old Mazad Cast mailbag. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. There God we go. damn, I love that song. <laughs> I do Thank too. you, Police Clues. Yeah, please send us our, your emails, mazodcast at gmail.com, so we can continue to play Colin's favorite song. Our first one comes to us from Omaha Tiger, who says, I'm tired of fucking supporting a fucking loser, really trying my patience, Omaha Tiger. He's talking about the football team, not a presidential candidate, right? You have to use so many cuss words. <laughs> it seems so. Oh, let's see what else we got here. We got one from, oh, uh, Jim McGill has a number of questions for us. He says, who does the voices? I don't know what he's talking about. What voices? Voices? I mean, we talk yeah, like Brendan, right now. Colin, and Brian, yeah. There are no voices. So. No, yeah, just the voices of us. Just the voices it's, of us and our numerous yeah. guests who are yeah. all legitimately here. I yeah, guess if that's what he phone. means, I mean, it's... You know, they people call into the show and Lori talk. Fidoni was, you know. for instance, a voice today. Yeah, yeah. And we have sports writers call in and Barry Odom occasionally. Yeah, so sure. that, that's yeah, the one he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, you've confused us there, Jim. Uh, next question: 
Is your studio really under Faro Field? Well, I think this alludes to the fact that when you send out the stickers, you tell people that sent from our Secret studio bunker, yeah, under, which is in fact one mile below Faro Field. Yeah, and that next to the true. nuclear reactor. And I guess telling you all that it is below Faro Field takes the secret out of it. But yeah, that's exactly where we record. I don't know where else yeah. we would mm-hmm. would yeah. record from. Uh, does the press still hate you? He says. <laughs> Um, does the press hate us? Has they ever hated us? Who could hate us? We're lovable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the press, people who write for newspapers, they come on the show all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I think we're well-liked by all. Certainly all the legitimate media. I mean, yeah. 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 yeah, there may be some bloggers who don't like us from time to time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the real media, no. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, number four, does being a podcast celebrity help with the ladies? <laughs> well, I, you know, as you probably know, Colin and I are married men. So, I mean, even if it did help us, which I'm sure that it would, we can't indulge in such activities. Brian. I can tell you this. It does me no good with my wife. No. <laughs> She's not, not at all impressed. No, neither of our wives listen at all. Um, Thank Christ. Brian, of course, has always had a lot of trouble with the ladies, but has recently taken a lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think the Mazzoucast probably helped. Played a mm-hmm. part. I mean, it gave me confidence, you know, in sure. terms of, of my talking ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just. We're not going to comment on that, but just whatever it works. Uh, and our final question, have you ever considered expanding to cover basketball? Oh, God. I mean, it's hard enough to cover this fucking football team. I was going to say, we're already pretty depressed by the end of this football season. I don't know if we could well, be just depressed for a logistic four months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a logistic standpoint, there are a lot of foot- basketball games, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do this that many times a week. No, and the sadness alone. I mean, I'm just in a... You think I'm upset with DeMonte Cross. You don't want to get me started on fucking Kim Anderson. <laughs> well, but, you know, every once in a while we do a, a, a winter program that we touch on basketball. Yeah, we'll touch so, on it. We, we'll, we acknowledge like it. I'd say we cover, we cover basketball just as much as we cover wrestling. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Next message comes to us from Tiger Tina in Kirksville. She says, I love your show, but you boys are too negative. I love our squad, and I know they're working hard. Give this team time, and they'll show us you are worth their patience. More Corey Fatoni, please. Tina. Well, she got her wish today. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. I don't think we're that negative. I think the fact that we keep doing this show at all is a real yeah. sign of positivity. And what the, do you want us to be? The thing, <laughs> the thing is, is I think you know, the difference between us and we'll call them legitimate news uh, outlets is oh, that... Inferior. You can use that word as well. Sure. Is that, you know, we're, this is how fans are reacting right now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the average fan, even if you're trying to be the most positive person about what you just saw last night, you all you come back to like, yeah, but... Damn it. Mm-hmm. You know, like emotions. Like, oh, well, we new running back, running games look great, but we lost. You know, mm-hmm. like it just. Mm. You know, one <sighs> positive doesn't erase the 19 negatives. Agreed. Let's see our next. So we're trying. We're trying. Our next message is a little bit of a different tone. It's from Tiger Guy 81 He says, you guys are amateur dicks. <laughs> You're everything that's wrong with journalism. I download your show and just to shake my head at how off base you are about everything. TJ Mo is terrific, and you fucktards are just jealous <laughs> of his superior knowledge. You guys aren't fit to be in the same room with the likes of Gabe Yarman. Just kidding. You're awesome. Joe Wall, Jasper, and Ms. Oddcast are the only guys I listen to. Keep up the good work. Oh, that took, a, that took a more positive turn towards the end. <laughs> For a minute, I thought TJ Mo sent that email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree with him about Joe, Joe, Wall, Joe Wall, Jasper. I, I enjoy Joe quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. If you don't follow Joe on Twitter, you should. He's, he's a good, legitimate news source. Mm-hmm. I agree with what he said at the end about us being great. I mm-hmm. also agree with everything he said up <laughs> to that point yeah. as well. So... Yeah, so anyway, that's a good email. This one comes to us from at Army of Mike, who says, Hey, gents, first, I've been a lifetime fan of your podcast since about week three of this season. Great. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Thank you. Anyway, I know the defense isn't as good as last year. I believe this has been unfairly amplified by how piss poor our offense has been. Not a groundbreaking statement, but consider the following from the Florida game. The defense gave up six points in the first half despite 83 and outs from our offense. To open the second, we score after an interception on a short field. Next, Florida possession is a punt. Two Florida possessions into the second half, and there are only six Florida offensive points. If Missouri didn't play offensive like electric football, it's 7-6 to six Mizzou at this point, maybe even 14 or 17-6. That scenario implies that the offense has to put a few drives together, which eats up clock, buys the defense time to actually speak in full sentences to each other before hitting the field again. Up a couple scores in the second half. The opposition's offense becomes more predictable. Sounds familiar. Uh, A more rested, confident Mizzou defense fares much better in the second half at the Swamp. In conclusion, I believe 
we'd view our defense much differently if the offense could move the damn ball. The defense isn't 2015 good, but I'm not sure any Mizzou defense was either. A bend at best tendency early in the game is a disaster late when you've been on the field all day. Thanks for reading, Army of Mike. Well, I, I, before we get this, this is wait. So before we get too much on onto Mike, uh, and I appreciate his his appreciation for the defense and the struggles they've been through. He sent us this yesterday. Remember this email? Please disregard. I cannot make excuses <laughs> for this defensive <laughs> shit show. Well, I'm glad I'm glad he followed up. I was about to say, I was like, he he didn't write that after last night's game, did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the thing is, is is he's not wrong. No, he's not. Nick's valid points, but we're I not mean, about valid points here. We're about feelings. We're about feelings. So next message comes to us from Philip Garrett, who says, I want to give DeMonte Cross a stunner. Fucking asshat. Fuck Missouri. Love you guys. M-I-Z. That's from Superfan Phil. He also sends us a picture of himself, which I think you guys will appreciate, and we'll hold up to the secret satellite feed that we give to our best listeners. This is Phil. Sad. Oh. Sad Phil. This is yeah, sad Phil. That's depressing. So, yeah. We actually can't put that on air. No, I mean, because he's got no pants on, unfortunately. But <laughs> but thanks for the message, Phil. We do appreciate it. Oh, here's one, guys. This comes to us from at Coach Odom. Barry Odom says, thanks for the delivery. I am looking forward to it. M-I-Z. So I think that might be in reference to the fact that we did deliver stag beer to our good friend, Coach Barry Odom, before this game. But unfortunately, it didn't help. How long do you think that 12-pack of beer lasted, you fellas? Not very long, but I will say this um, in all honesty. It's, as bad as this team is playing, it's hard not to like Barry Odom when he responds to a shitball podcast who brings him beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean right? we're not joking right now. We, he sent us a message because we put a Mazatcast sticker on the 12-pack. Yeah, I do I do appreciate that. I mean, yeah. He, he is a likable guy. I mean, I That's a that's a thing. So I'm not I, ready to I'm not ready to I just know everybody's go calling full. for his head and everything, but like Gary Pinkle would have like ignored all of the, everyone is like the little peons of you don't understand anything. Like, why would I waste my time with it? And I like that he acknowledges, he talks to the media, he, you mm-hmm. know, interacts with, with well, just I don't the know that that many people day. are calling for Barry Odom's head. I think right now, DeMonte crosses squarely in everyone's crosshairs. That's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for the mailbag, fellas. It's time to go around the horn with the SEC. Jesus loves football. Colin, would you do us the honors of starting up your good friend, the old Paul Feinbot for us? We'll do. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right. Thanks again for joining us, Paul. Thank you. What do you got for us this week, Brian? All right. Well, we'll start off with the powerhouse of South Carolina taking on UMass, mm-hmm. where they were able to pull off a victory 34-28. to 28. Mm, A close one. Yep. A little, little too close probably for South Carolina fans. But. Yeah, but really not. I mean, we we didn't have a ton of confidence for South Carolina going into this game. True. Um, and then Kentucky, our opponent for next week, took on Mississippi State. You know, Mississippi State and Mizzou at the moment are battling for the worst team in the SEC award. Correct. And uh, Mississippi State is continuing to do well in that conversation as they lost to Kentucky 40 to 38. Woo! Uh, I believe I read correctly that Kentucky is now the only team in the East to have beaten a West opponent. Yeah, well, the West is pretty much dominated. Uh, I just asked Tennessee about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Right as rain. And then we have our friends, the other smarty pants in the SEC, Vandy. Vandy took on uh, the imposters of LSU, Tennessee State. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Go look through the, the Twitter history and see the Tennessee State University logo mm-hmm. and compare it to LSU. Copyright infringement. I really think it is. But uh, Vandy won pretty handily 35-17. So is it safe to say at this point Kentucky and Vanderbilt should both be two touchdown favorites against Missouri? You're right about that. Uh, I figured you'd agree, Paul. I think they're going to be. And then that gets us into the games that everyone else liked and enjoyed watching. Um, and we'll start with LSU Ole Miss. So that was a top 25 matchup. LSU righted the ship, what it looks like coming into this game. This is the first good win for LSU since yes, they sir. changed coaches. And they did. They they pulled off a convincing victory against Ole Miss, 38-21. to mm-hmm. Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette was an absolute beast. He had two 70-plus yard runs. Yeah, the post-Les Miles uh, LSU team looks like they're uh, every bit as good as people hoped they would be pre-Les Miles. Yeah, it's crazy how – the switch out and coach again nothing has changed in terms of they're they're running the ball they're playing 
you know, that old man football Les Miles plays, but it's working. May give credence to the plan to fire a defensive coordinator in the middle of the season. That's true. <laughs> that could be it. Um, and that game, even though it was an upset, I don't think a lot of people considered that an upset going into it. Um, and in a game similar to that in terms of an upset that really wasn't much of an upset, Auburn took on Arkansas and just beat them down 56-3. Um, to three. <laughs> Yeah, mm. I don't think anybody. I mean, laugher. I think people expected Auburn to win that game, but I don't think people were expecting that. Arkansas is hard game. to figure out this year. I mean, yeah, I think them. you were pretty high on them going into this game. In well, fact, when they put on thirty on Alabama, I thought, watch out, they got to be a kind of tough. Apparently not, because mm. they have fallen far. And then the last SEC matchup, um, we had the the big game of the week, SEC game of the week, and and what everybody thought was going to be the game of the week nationally as well. Alabama taking on number six, Texas A&M. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. And that game through the first, what, about the first half or so, I mean, it was a game. Alabama mm-hmm. fans, I think, were a little like, oh, let's start pulling away, and they did. Alabama. In the, in the second half, and yes, Paul, Alabama won 33-14. to 14. <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I didn't know whether uh, A&M was better than I thought they were, and maybe Tennessee was better than I thought they were by – by proxy, you know, when right. they lost to them. But then Alabama did what Alabama does in the second half, and I felt better, and the world was on Defensive right scores. Alabama, I I mean, that defense just expects to score. Which, Nick is, Saban. which is nuts. I mean, like, I don't think Mizzou's offense expects to score, but their no, defense well, expects shouldn't. to score. Yeah. That, that's the crazy Well, part. you know, we talked last week about it. it might be better for the SEC where Texas A&M to actually win that game because – Right, you could end up with two in the national championship. I don't agree. Yeah, we've no doubt about that, Paul. Yeah, Paul, because you've made your career based on Alabama. But there is one no. more. There is one more game that I want to bring up. It's not in the SEC, but I think it's it's relevant just for that conversation we were just okay. having. And that is the massive upset of Ohio State. Ohio um, State got beat. Ohio State were playing against Penn State, the Nittany, Nittany Lions. Yeah, the, the all, Fighting Sanduskies, all white. Uh, stadium because they did the whiteout thing and mm-hmm. and so be careful so, what you mean about that they wore white outfits. <laughs> Penn State <laughs> raped the shit out of them is what you're saying. Yeah, gave the old Sandusky. <laughs> what was the score of that game? The final score of that game was 24 to 21. Sorry, Ohio State boy. Yeah. It's gonna so be a long playoffs. <laughs> Well, it's certainly that, that does. A and M probably likes that. Yeah. Well, right. So that does. That's that's what I'm saying. Here, next couple of weeks, we'll start having to talk about um, you know playoff picture because yeah, that certainly cracks the doors for several teams. Yes, it does. I'm not sure about that. I Paul, what's there to argue about? Yeah, I, I mean, I know what this problem. Is. The question is how many one loss teams are going to make the playoff? Okay, I, I give up. You're right. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's a first. I think I've ever heard. He pushes Find back not. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's always updating his software. So that's it. That that rounds out the uh, SEC this week. Okay. Well, what's coming up next week then, Brian? Yeah. So next week we've got again, kind of like this this week, a bunch of games that don't matter, and maybe one that does. Mm-hmm. So first one is Samford, which is six and one by the way. Mm-hmm. Never heard of them. Takes on Mississippi State. Mississippi State again struggling this year. So I don't know. Six and one Samford against an SEC team. Yeah. <laughs> to think that Mississippi State would win. I would win. say Mississippi State's going to win this game, but maybe they'll get Middle Tennessee. Yeah. You never know. Paul, what do you think? Mississippi State. All right. Always a little slow with them. Yeah, yeah he is. Auburn is going to take on a, an Ole Miss team that mm. was supposedly the best you know, three-win team, Ole Miss, in right. the country before last night. Um, and Auburn coming off, obviously, a big win. Yeah, Auburn's really come on strong lately. I have to think that they're going to win that game. Colin, what do you think? Auburn versus Ole Miss. Auburn versus Ole Miss. I would say Auburn, based off what they did this week, well, you know, it's hard to say with Ole Miss because, goddamn, they should. I don't know. I, these are two teams that don't know what the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's hard to say. I'm going to say Auburn. Yeah. Auburn. I think Auburn is a, a safe pick there. In fact, I think they'll probably win out until they play Alabama, and that yeah. game might be better than, than we thought it was going to be. have ourselves a good one. Yeah. Then Tennessee, who has is, who is fallen pretty far in the polls, they're number 18 now, is taking on South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I can imagine how this one turned out. Yep. I think uh, Tennessee is going to come back right the ship after a really rough stretch there. New Mexico State takes on Texas A&M after Texas A&M's first loss. I think that's going to be a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Blood letting. Yeah. Texas A&M. 
Very robotic. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Paul. I still need, has, he's, still, he's still some software updates <laughs> yeah. I need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's two games left in the SEC, and one of them doesn't matter, and unfortunately we're playing in that one. And the other one still has some pretty big implications in Florida and Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it's a game that Florida should win, but Florida's schedule, they they basically have to win out against SEC opponents, and then they can go to Atlanta for the championship game. If not... Tennessee, it looks like they're going to be the ones that take it. I want Florida to win it because Lord knows I don't want Tennessee to take it. But uh, the fact that Florida's got to play LSU, I feel like, is the big big, uh, monkey wrench in this whole equation. Yeah, and that game's coming up in two weeks, I think. And then the final SEC matchup for next week is obviously Missouri taking on Kentucky. (laughs) Well... Guys, what do you think? I mean, it's a home game for Missouri. They're two and five. They look like fucking hot garbage. I mean, I guess the question is, you know, the one thing that Middle Tennessee State had in its pocket, Middle Tennessee State, was is that they had a really good offense. And I would say that what we saw last night would would back that up. So I don't know. Is it Middle Tennessee have a really good offense, or did we have a really bad defense, or a combination of both? I don't know honestly whether Kentucky's offense is as good as Middle Tennessee's. So. Mm-hmm. There may be a better chance, ultimately, if you looked at these two games beforehand, even having before we played Middle Tennessee, Mizzou might actually be a better matchup for Kentucky than they would have been Middle Tennessee. Right. Well, it's hard to say. Certainly, we won't be overlooking anybody. Like, we possibly did overlook Middle Tennessee, so yeah, I don't the, know. The J School did, at least. Paul, who do you think? <laughs> this is a close one. Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually have to lean towards t- Kentucky. Yeah, as do I. But, yeah. I just... It hurts to say that, but why wouldn't you? Until you show us something else, Tigers. I don't. I, don't, I, I like that bet. Not taking anything for granted. Yeah, so it's depressing to say, but such is life. So I, I'm not going to be picking the Tigers anytime until they prove otherwise that they can actually win a game. Because I don't know when they can win a game till next season. Yep. Frankly, bad things. Bad I'm things. bummed out. I mean, I think everybody's bummed out. I'll be very curious to know what our listenership is like this week because. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to go to the fucking game. I wonder if anybody's going to want to download a podcast. Sure they will. Yeah, well, our listenership has been up recently. I don't know why. Maybe the losing makes people want to listen, but certainly after the Florida game, we got tons of listens. So, Well, and and we break down the games in such a way way that no one else does. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I I don't don't know, Brennan. I don't don't agree. Exclusive interviews. Mm -hmm. Thank you, That's true. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Well, guys, if even if you... Don't listen. At least give us an iTunes review and pretend like you do. We need those very badly. Uh, we want to retain our spot as the uh, as the top Mizzou-related podcast on iTunes. So send us a five-star review. Also, we'd like your emails, mazodcast at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter. Well, before we go, Britton, we should mention there's a couple of awards to give out. Oh, well, I was ready to close out the show. Nope. They're so a- depressed. we yeah. got to do the best part here. Yeah. All right. Well, what's our first award? Well, it's the TJMO Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. Who's our nominees, boys? Oh, I mean, I think this is a. I think some of the awards this week are going to be easy slam dunks. Slam mm-hmm, dunks, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you don't give it to the defensive coordinator for the University of Missouri. For the De- douche of the week, Demonte Cross as a douche just for being a bad coach. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah fair <laughs> like, enough. It's nothing good. else. That's Whatever. <laughs> it's good a reason as any. Listen, I'll take it. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of douchiness to go around, but I think uh, when your team on homecoming at home gives up 51 points, your defensive coordinator is. Of the douche of the week. Douche of the week. Congratulations, Devontae. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's go on to a happier award. Let's get the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award. God damn, this guy's hair is amazing. If you've never seen it, God, you got to Google it. It's immaculate. It's worthy of Google. And it's worthy of its own award, and that is why we give this award. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. So... Who's it going to be? I wonder who had a good game for Missouri. I can't think of a single person. Hmm. hmm. Boy, there was a lot of fall down on defense and offense and special oh, teams. Oh, you know what? Out. What? We had a running back, Demario Crockett. The uh, what's that sub? What is it? What? Demario. Demario Crockett, King of Wild Frontier. Yeah, he did a great job in replacement of Ishwitter. Not really replacement, but he really took over the lead job at running back this week. I think well, he's earned it. I have. To, I mean, every time they run him, he looks better than Ishwitter, and they finally, I think, they finally just like we cannot do this anymore. anymore. We can't ignore this anymore. Well, we've been screaming about it all season. Yeah, it only took them what six games into the mm-hmm. season to to 
acknowledge what the fans already knew. And he is a freshman, and no doubt he had some early fumbles and things like that, but he looked good yesterday. He looked like Missouri's number one running back. Not only was he big and was he fast. Future. Yeah, he dragged guys with him, and in a losing effort, he looked fantastic. And I think there's no question. We've been waiting for a week where there's really no question on who gets the or gets the Kurt Farmer's golden fleece, and this week it's pretty obvious. Yep. Mr. Crockett, king of the wall frontier, you are the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Well, congratulations to Crockett. And so I think, is that it now? We've got uh, one more thing. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. That's right. And there are, uh, there's one honorable mention this week, actually. And it comes from uh, Mizzou Sports, but it's at Mizzou Sports with a Z. So it's not official. I don't think it's an official account. Yeah. Yeah. And Mizzou Sports tweets, Corey Fatoni's Heisman hopes are over. Yeah, Corey will be that. disappointed to hear that. Certainly, I don't think he agrees with that. Yeah. No, I, I tell them not to talk too loudly yeah. with that kind of thing. And you know what, Mizzou Sports, just if you would have included us in there, you could have probably won it. But mm-hmm. the tweet of the week for the Mazadcast goes to Kenna Lewis. Who's uh, actually, I believe, the mother of uh, Josh Augusta. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And she tweeted at us and Rockham Nation um, saying that in order to make the D-line Mizzou great again, that that would require getting rid of Cross, quote, just my opinion. (laughs) So here we have a mother of one of our defensive players calling for the head of our defensive coordinator. And you heard where her head's at. And you heard it on the Mazad cast first. Breaking news. Yeah, aren't we great? All right, so Kenneth Lewis, congratulations on Tweet of the Week. I agree with her wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's it's kind of depressing to get this all together week in, week out this year, but we're forging ahead because we're, well, let's be honest, we're fucking heroes. So until next week, we're going to do it again. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Brian, why don't you stop talking for a while?